It's time to experience Thrill of the Hunt, a collector's podcast. Hey, kid, you want a toy? What do the man know about toys? Action figures each sold separately. Batteries not included. With Kung Fu Grip, the hands that grip. I have three of each, one to display, one to open, and one just in case. Why do you keep all your toys in boxes? How do you play with them? I don't. <laughs> I collect them. You're not a collector's item. You're a child's plaything. You are a toy! Some figures and playsets for ages six and up. Way up! Well, thank you for joining us yet again. This is our third attempt to sound interesting. <laughs> my name is Brian, and with me is my partner in crime. Hey, everybody. It's Chris here. Glad to be back. Third, Our third show, talking about toys. I know. They still want to hear us. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, I wanted to thank everybody that's listened to the show. I want to thank everybody that's come to our social media channels and engaged with us. And I would just, if you guys could do us a favor, and if you really are enjoying the show, leave us a five-star review on iTunes or leave us a review on Podbean. It really helps us for the show to get noticed and to bring new listeners in. And word of mouth, too. If you have friends that are interested in this subject matter, let them know. We would love to expand our audience here. And and we just want to thank you guys for that. But come on over to our social media and engage us. I also want to thank everybody who's looked at my He-Man figure review. I was quite shocked when now it's over 200. I know yeah. that doesn't sound like You a big... have the power! <laughs> it doesn't sound like a big number when you talk about other channels. But to me, I, I never expected it to kind of go more than 100. So for it to be at over 200, I'm, I'm really, I'm really kind of like, I'm pleasantly surprised. So thank you, everybody. Absolutely. And it was really well put together, sir. Thank you. You're welcome. To add on to that, we definitely want you guys to get engaged and to mention some of the social media outlets to you guys specifically, Instagram, Facebook, as well as Twitter are our main three that we continuously use all the time. So make sure to head over to whichever platform works for you. We do our best to post on all three. Yes, indeed. Like we mentioned before, we use YouTube to kind of post up some stuff where we're going to have some video or do reviews or stuff like that. Absolutely. And I'm going to try and get myself going on reviews and uh, try to get, get into that game. And the first one I'm going to try and do a little bit more on, and we'll talk about later in the show today, is my two-pack TMNT, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is what that stands for. Casey Jones and Raphael from the 1990 Jim Henson inspired film. So I'm pretty excited that I actually have that in my hand and we'll, we'll talk later about that in the show. I'm looking forward to that review, Brian. <laughs> Me too. So, you know, like we do at the beginning of, of all of our shows so far, Brian, what have you hunted down recently? Well, other than the Casey and Rap that we'll go into a little bit later, I did actually this past week finally get in the mail something that I've been really excited about. And I actually had a really hard time trying to make this decision because it, you know, when you have that grail piece that you're really been searching for for a while, and maybe you have a certain character that you're really into or really care about in a franchise. For, for Chris, we know that's Yoda. For, for me, it, it, it's a variety of different things, but a particular character in Star Wars for me that I really, really enjoy is Qui-Gon Jinn. And I have been searching for a particular version of him 
obviously I've had this obsession lately, if you've been catching all the posts being put up by me with SH figure arts and the Tamashi Nation Bandai Spirits line. Particularly a figure that I've been trying to hunt down is the Qui-Gon Jinn figure that was a web exclusive back in 2017 when I wasn't collecting the line. And Chris, you can add to this. It's really tough to get an item when you weren't into it at the time it came out, right? Yeah, it makes it really difficult when you don't get into a line at the beginning to go back and get some of the first, you know, first couple figures or whatever. It's it's tough. Well, I can gladly say, thankfully, to a fellow fan in Australia who helped me out, and I did talk to him about our podcast, so I hope he listens in on this. He helped me out greatly by giving me a really fair deal and from a collector's home to a collector's home. And uh, he's getting out of figure arts and switching to hot toys. He's amping up his collecting, if you will. But he definitely was very helpful in making that sale happen. And we did it through a Facebook group, which I find is a really great way of selling from collector to collector. And thankfully, that was the best chance I had to get that item without paying a ridiculous uh, amount of money on eBay, which I would have had to. So I'm very excited to finally have that item. That's a really cool story. I mean, it's always nice when you can find a fellow collector that, you know, they're going to make a little bit of money, but they're going to help you out as well. So you exactly. can get a piece that you're really looking for. And it just kind of, it's a fair deal for everybody. Yeah, I think I'm starting to have a shrine to Qui-Gon. It's getting a little out of hand. I don't know if it's a Liam Neeson obsession or if it's just Qui-Gon Jinn. But Chris could tell you, he might have sold me an item that he had that was Qui-Gon Jinn. Yes, I believe we, I believe we worked out a trade for, for a Qui-Gon Jinn. For, for, I think it was a Yoda piece that you had or something. It was so it either, worked out. I think it was Princess Leia. It might have been. Oh, was, you know, it was. Oh, it was, it was the laying down. It was yes. the, the super articulated, but with the extra piece of the laying down Princess Leia from Return of the Jedi in Jabba's palace. Yep, that's and that one's hard to get to where she has the separate pieces so she can be sitting or standing. Yep, that or laying down or standing. Exactly. Yeah. So helping collectors out. It's, it's a chance for us to plug that once again for you all. Yeah, and I, I like that we have this theme because I have two items this month. And, you know, of course, there's the regular items. Power Rangers, the next wave I've gotten since since last time. You've seen my review, you know, He-Man and Skeletal Origins, where I kind of got lucky. G.I. Joe Classifieds. I'm still missing Destro. Hasbro Pulse. If I could just aside for a minute, why are you the last one to get the product that you manufacture? I don't get it. I got all my other G.I. Joe classifieds from Amazon. I canceled my pulse orders because I was able to. And I I can't get Destro on on Amazon because his price has just gone way up. I think he might be the next most popular character right now other than Snake Eyes. But I don't understand, like, why you're the last one to get a product that you manufacture. I love ordering from you guys. I love being a pulse member, but help me out. (laughs) <laughs> I got my, e- I actually didn't get an email today, but I saw a charge on my account for one of the Star Wars figures that were announced maybe a month ago. I think it's the Carbonite Han on a card that it, I'm guessing it's shipping soon because I got a charge on my account this morning from Hasbro Pulse, but I've yet to get an email saying it's been shipped. All it says is paid processing (laughs) (laughs) on that end. And I love Hasbro Pulse. And I love the fact that they're one of the retailers that are actually making it accessible for you to get an item from them and not make it a difficult process. I'm looking at you, NECA, 
to get an item, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, especially, and I know we're very lucky here in the States and I have a lot of good friends out in the UK and I know Chris does too, that it's really hard for them to get certain items across the board in anything. But currently with the NECA situation, they made it so easy. Anyone in the world can get a two pack of Casey and Raph, but no one in the States can. And I'm going to say it's because of one word, Walmart. But we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Walmart, the collector's bane as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, we'll get, we'll get into it a little later. But this month, I, I have two. And one of them kind of goes with your story of collectors helping collectors. And that's that as you've fallen down that SH figure arts hole, I fell down the... Power Rangers Megazord hole. Oh, yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> so I basically, I have all the the, uh, the legacy, the Bandai legacy Megazords now. I went back and I bought them. And again, we talk about not getting in at the ground level. And that happened to me, you know. So I had to go back and I, I got fair deals on all of them. I didn't feel like I paid more than, than I should have for any of them. But I certainly wasn't paying what they were at retail when they were on shelves. But the big daddy of them that is really hard to get and the price is just through the roof is the original Dino Megazord. And I had a price in mind that I was willing to pay. I couldn't see anybody offering these for that price. But I would always make an offer because, you, you know, what's the worst they're going to say? No. So I made an offer on one and the guy comes back and he rejects the offer. And so I sent him a message and I said, okay, appreciate it. I said, I really was interested in, in yours because you don't have the stickers attached. So like the sticker sheet is complete. And I, I'm one of those collectors. I hate stickers. Like I cannot <laughs> tell you how much I hate applying stickers. And so I don't typically apply stickers to mine. I like products that come with the stickers already on them or the details are painted on there or part of the sculpt. But right. so this one, the sticker sheet wasn't on there. And I said, I'm willing to pay a little bit more for that. So I, I said, Hey, kind of went back and forth a little bit. I said, Hey, this is what I'm willing to do the best I can do. Cause I kind of asked him what he could, what his best was. And he comes back and he goes, you know what? You're a fellow power Rangers collector and fan. I'll do that. So he made the deal. And then on top of that, you know, I thanked him profusely for it and it was just a good deal. I felt it was a fair price for me. He was, he was making some money on it, but I also got something I wanted. But then he threw in a little bonus. So he threw in a little Power Rangers blind bag toy you can get. And unfortunately, nice. I don't remember the, the brand off the top of my head. But he threw that in. And it was a Red Ranger. And I thought that was really cool. So I got that. And I was so happy. I actually took a picture and sent it to him afterwards. And I was so thrilled. So I'm telling you, man, collecting karma is a real thing. Yes, it and is. <laughs> you help other collectors, you're going to get helped eventually. So it's, so it's not all bad. But the other thing I picked up was on the deal or no deal page on Facebook. And there's a couple of them, but this is the bigger one. I picked up a QA Yoda from the uh, OTC collection. So what that is, is it has the green Hasbro quality control mark on the back, basically signing off that this figure is the final figure now can go into production. So it's not a pre-production because it's what actually goes in the line, but it has the sign, the Hasbro sign off on the back, which makes it worth a little bit more. So the figure and card, it's one of my favorite figures. So to get an OT Yoda and one of my favorite versions in the Hasbro collection with the QC 
was that was pretty awesome. And I, again, it was a fair price. So I was really happy to get that now because I really only need one. I'm not looking to like get one for each figure. I, I wanted one for my collection and now I have it. Again, collectors being fair and helping each other out. Tell, tell us a little bit more about that type of collecting because you just opened up like a Pandora's box to a lot of collectors that don't know what you know, quality control is or what a proto, I'm sure people have heard about protos and prototypes. Talk a little bit more about that changing group of collecting. Yeah. So there's quite a big following now for pre-production items, which can include, you know, test shots are, are probably the most popular. You can get an actual prototype, which is different than a test shot. A test shot is basically a production. It's the production figure, but it's usually done in weird, funky colors of whatever they have in the machine at the time just to kind of test it. You can get the prototypes and and I'm certainly not an expert on this. There's a lot of other people out there that I could point you to that are much better to talk to. I kind of, I only have test shots and then I have the, this QC sample, but QC sample is basically, this is a production figure. So it's the OTC Yoda figure on the card. And then on the back, it's got that green sign off from Hasbro but it's basically they've put it together and now it's it's been approved to start the production process. But along there too, you also have proof cards that, that are run and proof cards is a whole nother thing of collecting where you can collect the proof cards that were done. There's also mock-ups where you can collect the actual figure, but it's put on like whatever packaging Hasbro has. So they might have a Star Wars figure on a My Little Pony, just they've, <laughs> they've kind of thrown it together. Those are known as mock-ups. So there's a whole community and some people collect regular regular action figures and that um, but there's a whole community that that kind of focuses on pre-production pieces in that market that was virtually an unknown market maybe 15 right. years ago there was a few guys who knew about it they knew people at kenner whatever but that market has just exploded now for people wanting pre-production pieces and test shots that the prices of test shots have gone up immensely just in the last three years. But beyond test shots, if you get into actual prototypes, which are, are what they, they're handmade and some of them aren't fully put together, those kind of things go for even more money. So you're talking like hundreds to thousands of dollars. Wow. For, yeah, it's a, it's a pricey game. Even for modern test shots, you're looking at probably paying somewhere in the $100, $150 range. Wow. And... To think that no one really was into this for so long and now it's just exploded. It just blows my mind to think, what is the next thing going to be that we find that we can obsess about and collect next? That's the wonderful thing about collecting. There's always something different or a different way of looking at things. Yeah, you have guys that actually will collect the molds. Like some people have the molds that those figures were made off of. Or in the case of the coins, they have the plaster, the plaster that the mold, the actual mold was made off of. So like, I'm sure a lot of collectors in the Star Wars world have heard of Gus Lopez and he has a ton of pre-production stuff. He is probably the go-to guy to talk pre-production. And he was one of the people that was doing this way before it got popular. And he's even said, you know, he's glad that he was into it before everyone else, because now the prices of everything have just gone through the roof. There's also costume collecting, which in Star Wars is big. I guess it's big all the way Anything. around. Yeah, Disney yeah. has that that series now. The prop, the prop. Yeah, I was just thinking. Yeah. Of, I was just thinking of that and thinking so, of the Chronicles of Narnia guy that yep. had like every costume. So that's another avenue of collecting. I mean, it really, you know, autographs is another area of collecting. There'll always be something to collect. So 
you know, and I think we've had some really cool items that, that we've definitely found this past month. And I, I found a grail. You found, it sounds like, a very, a very hard-to-find item in your QC Yoda. And I think that's been a pretty good month for it. I would definitely say so. So what's been happening in the world of toys, though, in the past month? We've gotten a lot of Hasbro Pulse Fan First Fridays and Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays and a whole lot of information coming to us about all these different events that have been canceled, but the toys are still coming. So what's the first thing you want to talk about, Chris? I don't even know where to start. There's been so (laughs) much news since we last recorded, and it feels like we're we're only going to build with San Diego Comic-Con. I mean, obviously, we're not actually having San Diego Comic-Con, but that news that was going to get revealed there is has got to come out, and that's going to yeah. be coming out here in the next, probably in July, some point, because the con was, was going to be in July. And But I don't know. Let's Since we're both Star Wars is our main kind of like, let, we'll start with Star Wars. We'll start with Star Wars. Yeah. All right. Well, obviously, there's been a clamoring from the fan community an anger, a frustration. Where are my super articulated vintage collection figures? Where are my three and three quarter figures? So much that we wrote petitions and angry posts on social media and emails. And apparently they listen. Yeah, they. I mean, Hasbro likes to say they're listening. And I think that we're seeing that. I mean, I think the, the biggest news, right, not to kind of like lead with the most spoilerish, but is that we're getting a HasLab project and it's going yeah. to be a vintage collection HasLab project. So, Brian, what do you think it might be? I know what we want it to be. We want <laughs> it to be an actual freaking Death Star because yes, everyone's yes. always wanted one of those things. An actual freaking Death Star with mod, model p- modular pieces that you could recreate multiple scenes. I'm not talking about the cardboard-esque original playset from back when, which they tried to recreate with the Vandor playset that sold really well at Walmart. <laughs> but, you know, we want that big hunk of plastic, right? If they can do Unicron, they can do the freaking Death Star. Yeah, I, I've been racking my brain trying to think of what else could it be besides that. And the other popular choice is that I keep seeing thrown around is the Razor Crest. But here's what I'm going to say. You could put out the Razor Crest at retail, and I think it would do just fine. I don't think it needs HasLab, and I don't think I think you could do a decent sized Razor Crest for under two hundred dollars. So I yeah, think the price point isn't going to be the the typical price point you see for a HasLab project. Yeah, exactly. So I, I kind of feel like between the popularity of the Mandalorian and the price point that they could keep that at, I think that they could put that in stores and it would sell just fine, unless you're going to make the thing massive but then it's not going to really be to scale and yeah yeah i mean i've seen custom ones out of two different customizers one out of uk and one out of us in the last month and they're selling them for and 199 250 and they look insane yeah exactly so and of course you know i know there's we have and i can't say that i haven't done this in the past but there's some of us that are like well I'll, i'll wait because all the star wars vehicles end up getting marked down and I'll, I'll play the long game, but here's what I'm going to say. I think with the razor crest, the popularity of the show is such that I think most people would buy it. If the price point is right. I think if you put it out there and you did a good job, I think people would buy it at whatever price point you put it out there. I think that people want that. I think 
The Mandalorian has awoken something in the Star Wars community that has been quiet throughout the sequel trilogy. And I don't want to get into the whole, we're not going to get into it on the show, but debating the <laughs> sequel trilogy and all that. We can, you want to do that, come over to our page. We'll, we'll have a discussion there. But I really think that the Mandalorian, like they could put that out in the stores and it would sell just fine. So oh me, yeah. I, I kind of like have to dismiss Razor Crest based on that. The other one that people talk about is the ghost, but I think the ghost, as much as I like Rebels, I think it's that, missed that's its a much, opportunity for that. Yes, it's a much smaller group that's going to want that. And so I don't see that being a HasLab project because I don't think it'll get funded. But we have I been agree. asking Hasbro for playsets and they kind of listen. We got the barge, which is as much as it's a vehicle, it's a playset. Then we got that little, and there's people online debating if these are playsets or not, but they're giving them to us. But the Jabba's piece last year to, to yep. they've given us that. And now they're giving us the Cloud City, the, the Bespin steps, where if you want to buy two, you can put them together. And again, I know people, you can't please everybody. I know there's people out there <laughs> that don't think they're playsets or whatever. And here's was what I'm going to say. Like, if you like it, buy it. If you don't, don't buy it. It's as simple as that. But I think Hasbro sees an opportunity there. So that's kind of why I'm like, we've, we've talked about Death Star being the Nest HasLab project for Star Wars since we got the barge. And I, I think that that would be the logical choice. Let's also be honest, right? What sells, if you're looking at the three trilogies, which trilogy sells the best? And it's just a fact. It's just, it's the OT. So True. if you're going to put something out there, I think that they're going to get more bang for their buck putting out something from the OT and even if I think about what, what could they put out from the prequels, they did an awesome job. Hasbro did an awesome job. Oh, the vehicles out. that came out for that were fantastic. For the prequels, yeah. They did. The only thing we don't have is a Gungan sub, and I honestly don't need, oh. know that I need a Gungan <laughs> I sub. I need right? a Gungan sub. So yeah. I don't know what else they could do in the I still the have my uh, Jedi Starfighters from Episode 3. Public gunships were gorgeous. The, the, the tanks. There were so many cool things. Obviously, the huge Naboo cruisers. I mean, they had so many cool things during the prequel. So yeah, I agree. I think the the focus really should be on the original trilogy to reinvigorate the fans. I mean, you see it with the toys, the figure selection right now. They're not choosing how many sequel figures have been made in the last year. And considering a sequel film came out this past year, you have seen more figures made of the prequels and the original trilogy than the sequel trilogy in the year a sequel trilogy film came out. What does that tell you? Yeah, that's a that's an excellent point. And the other point I just want to tack on to the end of that is that that generation is not buying toys the way yep. that our generations are. You know, Generation X, you might kind of be a little bit in between X and Millennial, Brian, but the generation, like my sister's generation, what are they calling it? Generation Z? Because you Millennials are Y. Generation right. Z is not buying toys. Like they're, they're no. not. They're, they're, it's all they're, digital. It's all digital, right? They're growing up all digital the window for toys. I mean, look at the toys that are on shelves now, right? They're marketed. Most of them are marketed towards us, the adult. They're not marketed <laughs> towards kids. It's called adult collector. There is a section in target. It's called adult collector. <laughs> exactly. So I, I really do kind of feel like it's, it's gotta be something in the OT, but I think we both agree. We, we want death star. That's going to be my vote for now. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did raise their crest, but I think that, that would be a missed opportunity to put out Agreed. a Death Star because I think you could put out a Razor Crest at retail or you could even do it as an exclusive. If you don't want oh, yeah. to do it as a particular whole retail release, you could 
find a, a, an exclusive channel to release that or a fan channel. And I think you would sell the heck out of it. So of course, and we had some other items as well come out. We had the last wave of the 40th uh, anniversary of Empire Strikes Back, which included a, a re-release. I think another re-release of Chewie, another re-release of Darth Vader on on new cards. What what else was in that wave? They are getting their use out of that Boba Fett mold. Yeah, Boba Fett, Hoth Trooper. <laughs> another another was it a, another Hoth Trooper? I believe. So uh, let's see, Chewbacca, Darth Vader. The, the the Hoth Trooper is going to be on a regular Black Series. So what they did is instead of, because he's on the card in Wave 2, now he's going to be in the regular Black Series box. And then Luke Vader's Skywalker. Like, yep, Luke Skywalker. From and the a Snow Trooper. Snow Trooper, not a Hoth Trooper. Yeah. Snow Trooper, my go. bad. Yeah. So all of those figures that are they're doing in that wave are, are repacks. It's just basically the card. So if you're an opener like me, it's probably an easy pass on most of those. Yeah, it's um, really if you're just a card collector for Empire Strikes Back 40th Anniversary. If you've been collecting yeah. those 40th Anniversary sets with A New Hope and now Empire, and I'm sure Return will be in a couple of years and a few years in 2023. If you're wanting to keep that line going, I can understand those completists out there. You definitely want to grab those. Yeah, and I think it's good that, like I said, they're getting their use out of that Boba Fett mold. And I, I say that oh, yeah. gen- genuinely because I think that that's good because there's still people that don't have that figure. And then on top of it, you're going to put him on a card. So we're going to eat yeah. that up. I think that the Chewy, Well, especially because the card that sold out at the convention exclusive, which had the red pillbox on the name, and then with the yellow pillbox, which was the more general release, I do like the amount of detail they went into with that. It showed their appreciation of the history of the release of that figure on the Kenner card back when. I do appreciate that. Yeah, they do a good job with that. I'm happy they're getting that Chewbacca out again, too, because yes. that's a really good Chewbacca. And I'll be honest, I think I might pick one up because my Chewbacca is in my six inch Jabba's diorama. So I don't have <laughs> a OT Chewie standing next to my OT Han and it kind of feels like it's missing that. Well, if only you had an <laughs> SH figure arts Chewbacca from A New Hope like I have. You know what? I really like the Han SH figure arts. But with the casting cave head. <laughs> but <laughs> now we're getting deep cuts we're getting deep cuts now in the collecting world yeah all but right i think we talked about Haslab, but the fan's choice was commander cody which i yes, think commander cody i wanted an episode three obi-wan if if they're not going to do a fan choice episode three obi-wan it better be included in the archive wave because that face mold on the original release was horrid absolutely horrid yeah i agree i think there's a handful that i could name off the top of my head where they need to go back and do them with the face print technology qui-gon jinn that obi-wan yeah uh, the ot han solo there's probably a couple more that they, oh, they yeah. need to go back and do Agreed. with the face print technology but this one the commander cody i think that was the one that a lot of people wanted and i i never had a problem finding him back in the day i didn't either but a lot of people did, and he was getting some crazy prices on the secondary market. Yeah, it was crazy, yeah. So I think that's a good choice, and it was nice to see it's that It's a it good figure. Yeah, it was nice to see it wasn't something something obscure where a lot of right. these fan choice things, we have a certain push from a certain group to get something obscure <laughs> made. It's like It was nice to see that it's something that You mean fans, like Jaina Solo? Jaina Solo, Dr. Afra, And I, I, I get it. There's a following for Dr. Afra. I just... It's really good. I will say the first two volumes of that comic are fantastic. I know this is this little side tangent here for collecting, but, you know, well, comics are collecting. But the first two volumes 
are really, really good. The third volume, I'm having a hard time getting into. But overall, I will say it's a really well-written. I can understand why people love it. The story is very, very good. It's very Star Wars. And it's really cool to see an archaeologist, anthropologist character who's like going through the history of the story of Star Wars while you're still within the current time frame you know and love of the original trilogy. So it's kind of cool. I guess for me, I don't have that appreciation because I – have not read the comics. I'm not saying that they shouldn't have made her. I'm just saying like a lot of times with these fan votes, you get a certain group and they, they push and because oh, yeah. usually, usually they get to vote like once a day. So I'll be honest, usually when they do these, I forget to vote half the time, but they push for it. You could have been the vote that matters, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I think that covers most of the star wars oh yeah we got just a couple yeah just a few tvc things uh you mentioned the carbon freezing chambers from bespin but we also have two new tvc figures coming cheer at emwe and (laughs) yeah i've been wanting the cheer emwe for a while so I i have a little so i have a couple little side focuses they're not like like my yoda focus and that's maz because I really enjoy that character. I'm really yeah. upset that they, they really didn't do anything with her after The Force Awakens. Yeah. And then you have you have Chirrut to the point where I almost, and I kind of regret not doing it, but I almost bought the Chirrut Hot Toy. Now I can't touch it because it's on the secondary market. It's <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous now. Well, you got, what you got to do is whenever you're out, out and about and you're at a local comic shop, Check to see if they have it in their glass case. They bought it and no one else bought it, and it's just sitting there. That's where you find old hot toys. Just a fun a fun reminder and tidbit and hint for folks who are trying to hunt down uh, hot toys or statues or gallery statues from Diamond. A good way to find something that's been released a while ago is to look at your local shop or to look at local shops when you're on vacation and check to see if they may have just had it sitting there. They're usually not going to hike up the prices most of the time. The price is going to be the same price that they had it listed as when they got it in the store. Yeah, that's a good point. When we can go on vacation. <laughs> when we can go on vacation, right? And the last one is a Bespin Escape layout, which we saw a really bad digital rendering of because they didn't have an actual prototype or, or, or a refined image for us to look at. Yeah, but I think what that tells me, though, is they're going to follow suit like they did after the barge, which is they gave us the barge, then they right. gave us the skiffs, they gave us figures to go with that scene, and then they gave us that Jabba's playset with those two figures and it looks like that's what we're going to get here so we're getting the playset bespin freezing cha- carbon freeze chamber and then we're getting the leia and i wouldn't be surprised if we get some ugnots maybe a new lobot because you know we need we need both of those we haven't had an update of those figures and we don't have them highly articulated i think in either figure so i think they're going to maybe do that like they did with the sail barge which would be nice I think there's a good chance we'll get Ugnots in our future because that's a multiple win for them in the sense of how, of how many they can make. They can make Ugnots for us to use in Empire Strikes Back, different types of settings, but they can also alter it a little bit for a little friend from our Mandalorian TV show that we all love, Kowil. Exactly. See? Now we're thinking like toy manufacturers. Yeah, now we're thinking. <laughs> but let, let's move on from Star Wars. I feel like we, we, we've been talking enough about that. Let's talk about some of these other lines. And I do appreciate that from Hasbro. They have saved a lot of lines from 
the ether from getting stuck out there and not having good quality stuff made. And I, we, I do appreciate Hasbro for saving all these lines like Transformers, GI Joe, Power Rangers, especially Power Rangers. I love Bandai to death, but the, the Bandai line of Power Rangers was, was faltering. It wasn't doing as well as it could have been. And moving over to Hasbro gave it new life. And I know you have a lot to say about that. Yeah, so I think I've said it on some previous shows, maybe both previous shows, in fact, that (laughs) I was not a fan of the Bandai Legacy, even to get my favorite Power Rangers, which is the Green Ranger and the White Ranger, which it's not really original. That's a lot of people's favorite Power Ranger. But I just, the proportions on the Bandai Legacy figures just looked wrong to me. The torso was kind of elongated. They looked more superhero-ish. The proportions weren't right. Where I will say Bandai did a bang-up job is on those Legacy Megazords. And as we talked about a little earlier, I now have them all. And they did a fantastic job on those. So they did a good job on those. But for Hasbro having it, and I'm curious to see what Hasbro is going to do for like a premium Megazord. So far, all we've seen is what they showed at Toy Fair, which is not really a premium Megazord. But the figures that Hasbro is giving us for the Lightning Collection are phenomenal. And I realize that easy for Hasbro because a lot of them are based on the same mold. It's just a different head sculpt, the, the actual face and head sculpt, and then the, the helmet sculpt. But the body is pretty much the same except for the females. But even then, it's the same female that they can use throughout the line. But we've gotten this last wave. We've been able to complete the Mighty Morphin original set with the Blue Ranger. And they just seem to do a good job of mixing it up. Like we've got a time force ranger in there. We've got two Zeo rangers. We've gone into the comics. We have two characters from the, the shattered grid comics with ranger slayer and Lord Draken. They're doing a good job of giving us that mix of characters. And I'm curious to see what the next wave is going to be because we, you know, we're at wave five wave five has kind of shipped been available on Amazon where I got mine, but it's just starting to ship from some of the, the fan channels and stuff. So. I'm kind of waiting to see what we're going to get with wave six. And I think that's going to be some of the announcements that we're going to hear later in the month, but I am super pumped to continue collecting that line. I pretty much am all caught up now. The only ones I'm not collecting is the beast morphers. I'm just not a fan of the way the suits look. They don't have that classic look, nothing against the show. I haven't watched the show to be able to tell you if it's good or not, but I all caught up. I even found the dino charge ranger that I've been looking for. I got oh, you on, did? Yeah, I got them on GameStop when they were this weekend when they were doing yes. the buy one, get one half off. Yes, good job. So I'm all, I'm all caught up now. So now I'm like, I took advantage coming? of that of that deal too. And I bought uh, two of the, the battle droids to go with displaying with my Attack of the Clones, Mace Windu, Obi-Wan, and Anakin. So I'm pretty excited to set that up. Nice. Yeah, I took advantage of it on the Carbon Freeze Chamber. Yeah, and, and so, if you didn't, there's still an opportunity for you to get some money off of that right now. If you spend $50, you get 25% off right now on collectibles on GameStop. Yep, because you got to have two. <laughs> <laughs> but so really with the, with the Power Rangers line right now, we're kind of we're in a holding pattern to get more information. But we have some exclusives that are coming. We know there's the Green Psycho Ranger. That was a Pulse exclusive. And I, my gut is telling me is that was going to be a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive. Right. And they've used that to kind of get it out there. Of course, I don't have any information to verify that. That's just my opinion. The, the two-pack of putties, 
we have that coming. It's available. I think that one's available widely, though. It's available through everybody, if I'm not mistaken. And then we have the Zordon and Alpha pack that's coming this fall, which hasn't gone on sale yet to Walmart. I don't think that's, as much as we don't like going to Walmart, I don't think that one's going to be hard to find. I think that the hardcore Power Rangers fans will get it, but I don't think it's going to be like a hard one to get. We'll see. Famous last words, right? I, just <laughs> I know, right? It. But another another big line that you collect is G.I. Joe and the amazing detailed and chock full of accessory classified line. I'm loving this line. I have, like I said a little bit earlier, I have all but Destro. Snake Eyes is my favorite. I, when we do our end of year show, I've already talked about how he's probably going to be in my you know, top five, top 10, depending on what, you know, how many we're going to limit it to. But I really enjoy the Duke figure too. It's really well done. It nods to the past, but it's got enough new. So it's kind of a nice mesh of the two. And his weapons are a little bit more realistic. That's, they explained the weapons thing and I can respect that. They wanted to update it. And they, they did make a good point that every time Joe has come out, it's updated itself. So I get it. I still would have liked to have seen more realistic weapons but that can be remedied if you want to buy some weapons from some third parties. And we'll talk about it a little bit later. I'm going to talk about Valiverse, which... Exactly. Yeah. So we'll talk about that with Valiverse a little bit later. But those figures are going to be able to go side by side with your Joes. And they're going to have some weapons packs. So, But G.I. Joe is great. But here's the big news with G.I. Joe. We had a fan first Friday. Right, we had Transformers and GI Joe. Yeah, it was a double fan first Friday. Yeah, we had one each hour. The big one for me was Storm Shadow, and it's not going to be the regular release Storm Arctic. Shadow. It's the Arctic, Arctic Mission, and it's Amazon exclusive. Then you have Gung Ho. I'm really looking forward to Gung Ho. It's one of my favorite characters as a kid. And then you have the Red Ninja. You have the both versions of Cobra Commander. They're giving us both versions, so. Initially, I wasn't a huge fan of the lighter blue uh-huh, and the gold. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know if I like that, Brian. <laughs> I don't know if I like the gold trim on it. I don't know. And it might be an exclusive somewhere, so I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm getting both. I like the light blue because it harkens back to the orig- the color of the original. The gold was a little much, but here's how I justified it in my mind. <laughs> Is that... The regular dark blue version is everyday Cobra Commander and the light blue with all the gold is his regalia for when he's like rallying the troops and it's some big, like, like dictators do when they have, you know what I mean? When they get up there and they have these big parades and that's what I'm imagining Cobra Commander would dress up like for that. So I'm like, yeah, I I can go with that. And then the one, and and this is where I kind of drew the line and I get it. It's based on a figure from the past is that Destro. That just was, that one's yeah. not for me. I, I mean, I, if it's for you, if you like it, like Left I said Left a little earlier, to be desired, yeah. Yeah, if you like it, buy it, you know. But for me, I, it's, I'm not a fan. I'm not going to buy it. It just is a little too out there for me. I know what that figure was based on because I had that figure as a kid, but I always thought it was weird. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. When we got to like 87, eight, well, probably 88, 89, the G.I. Joe started to get a little weird. You know, and then, of course, we got the Tiger Force and some of those later ones where they were trying to reinvent themselves to keep oh, the yeah. line going, which I never got into. But Oh, I can relate to you with that with, with Turtles. I can totally relate. Yeah, <laughs> but I was after Cobra Law. I, even as a kid, I thought Cobra Law was dumb. Yes, 
I'm probably going to get people out there like Cobra Law rocks. I thought <laughs> Cobra Law and Serpentor were, you know, I just, it wasn't, it wasn't what I wanted from GI Joe. I liked the classic like military based and it started to kind of get away into the something, something different, but that's neither here nor there for here. The Destro isn't for me. <laughs> I think it's cool that they're doing that. I mean, they're, they're using the mold smartly, right? So they're, they have a mold, they've done Destro. Now they're doing another version of Destro. And I think that we're, we're going to see that. So we've got two versions of Snake Eyes already. Storm Shadow is ripe for different versions. So they're, they're getting their money out of these molds, which they have to do. They have to cost out these waves and they have to be able to get us new figures. They have to find a way to repack or repaint or put stuff in, in the line again, like being in their other lines that Hasbro does. So I get it and I get that there's a fan base. So I, I'm glad that they're doing it. And they're preparing us for the future, right? They're relaunching the G.I. Joe website. They're streaming TV episodes uh, of the old series on YouTube. And obviously, they're in post-production right now for the new Snake Eyes movie. So they're trying to ramp up excitement about G.I. Joe. Yeah, and I think they're doing a good job. I think that G.I. Joe page, which I want to point out, they retweeted us. <laughs> what? They retweeted, yeah, the, the, G, the official G.I. Joe page from Hasbro retweeted us when I tweeted something. Know so where you were cool. when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they're putting it out there. They've got their, they don't have like the file cards like they did of the past, but they have right. those emblems on the side of the box and you can go to the website and see what those emblems mean and which characters have those qualities. But I think too, what was interesting and on the show, we're not going to talk about rumors or things that haven't been officially announced, but because somebody asked a question and Hasbro addressed it, I think there we're was a tease. Talk about it. Yes. And that is, is that there's been a rumor for a long time that the three and three quarter inch Joe, it's going to be like a retro line, like the star Wars retro line or the ghostbusters retro line, but they're going to do a retro line in the three and three quarter. It's been rumored. And somebody asked a question and Hasbro answered the question where they said, Hey, what's going on with this? And they, Hasbro's response was, and I don't quote me because, but, so it's not exact, but it was something to the effect of, we don't have anything to announce right now. Exactly. So, yeah. That's pretty much the gist of what they said is yeah. like, well, we have nothing we can say right now. So, you know, I, kind of alluding to the yep. future. <laughs> I think take that as you will, but from what they kind of said, I mean, just by addressing the question, usually if they don't want to, Oh yeah, the they question, wouldn't even address it. Yeah. They're not going to address it. So I think, you know, we probably are getting something. If you want to follow rumors, you can do that on other pages and stuff, but I think it's a pretty safe bet that we're going to get something announced. And I think that they were saving that for San Diego comic-con. So I think yeah. we may get that announcement in July. And I hope we do. Yeah, me too. I think it'd be cool to see Joe back in its original format. I think it'd be cool to see. And uh, the final line that Hasbro that has, that was part of that fan first Friday was transformers. And they talked about the generation select line, the next couple of figures in that. And then there were two specific things that really stood out to me. One was the transformers generations war for cybertron deluxe centurion drone weaponizer pack say that five times fast <laughs> but <laughs> that was a really long name for a figure but it looks insane i mean it was basically this box you opened up it had the the it had the actual transformer figure and then it had a ridiculous amount of accessories and it was all scaled to scale to work with unicron 
the HasLab project, thought that was pretty ingenious. And I was really impressed with the level of detail that they put into developing that pack. Yeah, it sounds like fans were asking for it too because Hasbro had made it a point there to say people we, were pumped on that. We, yeah, we that, heard they you. were like going crazy. They were like, "Yes, yeah." They said, "We heard you," and here we're going to announce exclusive to Pulse this weapons pack, and it went crazy. Like the the, the thumbs up and the hearts went crazy when they announced <laughs> that. And yeah, it was and, good to see. Yeah, and the last one, and I know Chris is really excited about this one, is the red line. Yes, so. The red line is, I, I know that there's mixed feelings about it. I'm probably not going to get, you know, all in on it at all. In fact, I'm probably only going to pick up the Optimus, but they're doing right. Optimus, Megatron, and Soundwave in their G1 form as robots. So there's no, there's no kibble to get in the way. It's just articulated in the robot form. It doesn't transform. And I think that's a great idea. So Optimus Prime is a very iconic character. So who doesn't want a robot form Optimus Prime right. sitting on their shelf? I mean, I like the tractor trailer. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a Transformers collector. I don't think I have anything in my collection to, to date that's Transformers. I did as a kid. I had some, but that I'm like, yep, I'm getting the Optimus. I'm not going to pre-order it. I'll wait and try and find it in stores, but I'm, I'm going to get it when I see it. And I think the Megatron is pretty cool, especially since they can't make him a gun anymore. And every, when, he, when we were growing up, he was a gun. He transformed. Yeah. It, it didn't make any sense how he got so small <laughs> so really he could fit in Soundwave's <laughs> hand, but we went with it. But he, he's got the gun form. Like his legs are the handles of the gun. And then you had Soundwave. And what's really cool with Soundwave, and I may get this one depending on how it looks in person, is the tape deck opens. The, the tape, tape comes deck. Out. And I think I loved Soundwave as a kid because he had all those cassettes that, that transformed. Voice. Yes, the voice was iconic. It still is. Yeah. I, I remember that. I mean, I had a few of the G1s when I was a kid. And and for anyone who doesn't know what G1 stands for, it means generation. It's the first generation of Transformers. That's how we designate it for those who collect Transformers. And uh, I thought it was interesting, actually, when I was reading some of the comments, which is usually not a good thing to do uh, when you're watching a video, but the comments I read, a lot of people were clamoring for Generation 2 in Beast Wars. And it seems like there's a, a larger interest in the later development of Transformers. And there's this warring notion, I think, in Hasbro's mind of, do we go and do this nostalgic Generation 1 stuff? Or do we start shifting into the newer stuff? And it sounds like they're in this transition period right now because they were talking like they have plans to develop Beast Wars and Generation 2 and stuff like that in the near future. So it sounds like they're listening to fans and that there's a large variety of options that are going to be coming out for Transformers. I was really impressed with the amount of lines that they're doing for each of these series, Transformers, G.I. Joe. Star Wars, obviously, we're finally starting to see some more expansion there outside of the Black Series, as well as uh, Power Rangers. We're, we're starting to get a little bit more of everything, and I'm really impressed with Hasbro. And I'm not here trying to say Hasbro is amazing, but I, I am appreciative that we still have toy companies out there that are listening and trying to create good product. Yeah, I mean, they have to strike a balance between giving collectors what they want and, and making money for the company. And that's not always an easy line yeah. to straddle. And, you know, you talk about watching the chat and in, in some of these fan first Fridays. And I have to say the star Wars community is the worst. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Yes. The, you know, when you're watching these guys present fan and, anger, 
Oh my gosh, it's it's terrible. I'm actually, and I'll say this, you know, I'm actually embarrassed for the for the Star Wars community when when people like do that. And I know that's a small percentage of people, but man, it's just they light them up. And and uh, as Brian said, like we're not here to like toot Hasbro's horn, right? I'm gonna, I, I'm a toy collector. I'm gonna give you the good with the bad, right? Yes. If I, there's a figure that they put out that I don't like, I'm gonna tell you. I've told you on the show that paint apps with Hasbro at times can be oh, gosh, sloppy yeah. and they vary from figure they know to figure. It. By and large, though, you know they've corrected a lot of that. They have. They've made a lot of progress in the last year and a half. We don't want to come across as Hasbro fanboys, but at the same time, like I really think that they're striving to give fans what they want. I think that you talked about it a little bit at the top of the show with the the TVC that was the the petitions that were going around, and you have to understand that while people want the TVC, there's also a financial there's a financial aspect to that where they have to weigh that into if TVC figures were selling like hotcakes and they were they were cheaper to produce than six inch, then they would yeah. be producing more. So they're not going to put out a bunch of stuff that's going to cost too much to put out. And so we've kind of, I've talked about that as a guest on, on Star Wars Action News and, you know, kind of talk about it just for that moment here. But by and large, you know, Hasbro's done a great job. I think what you said with the red figures that you're talking about going before, back and forth between G1 and Beast Wars. And they said, hey, this red line, we're going to put out figures in other, in other eras. So it's right. not going to be just G1. And the same thing with Power Rangers. You hear a lot from the Power Ranger community. We are sick of Mighty Morphin. Bandai did Mighty Morphin. Now we're getting all this Mighty Morphin again. I hate to tell you this, but Mighty Morphin is like, that's, that is the anchor of that line. That being said, I hear you, right? There's other Ranger teams that I want to see too, but they're trying to balance that. Like I said earlier, I think they're doing a good job of mixing them in. Obviously, we've got the whole original ranger squad now we don't have a black ranger without the dragon shield i was waiting for you to say it i was waiting but (laughs) but i think it's coming but they've done a good job of you know they've only had the license for what a year and a half and so yeah you know they put out a lot keep in mind we don't have an actual green ranger yet so while they've done mighty morphin they didn't want to fall in the trap of doing Tommy, 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 <laughs> right? So we don't have a we have. There a is Green totally going to be a box set of all of Tommy's Power Rangers. I just see it coming someday, and I would probably buy it. The only <laughs> so here's I'll tell you this much too. I'll make this I'll make this known on the show. I will not be buying Power Rangers Turbo figures when when and if they release them, except for when they do Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> That is the only Power Rangers Turbo I will I will be purchasing, but they've done a good job of mixing it, and they've said that they've heard that they want you know they want to. But here's something else that we're getting we're getting we're getting villains. They've had to find other channels to get them out, like the Rita and Zed two pack and Bill oh yeah at GameStop. So they're they're spreading it out, and we didn't even talk about this. I completely forgot that they're doing a five pack. For, I think was going to is going to be another was going to be another San Diego Comic Con of the Psycho Rangers. Yeah, I believe that's been formally announced so we can talk about it. But yeah, I think it's been announced. It just hasn't been totally released yet. Yeah. The, the, the point there is that the, there's two Psycho Rangers that the Legacy Collection Bandai never did. And that's the pink and yellow Psycho Rangers. And fans were mad about that because they did all the rest of them and they never got to the two females. So everyone's yeah. like, oh, 
here we go again. Hasbro's done a blue. Now we're getting the green comic book. They've done the red in the two pack with the lost galaxy ranger. They're doing the same thing. And then Hasbro's like, nope, here's your five pack with all the psycho rangers. <laughs> <laughs> so they're listening. But I think that, you know, I think we've talked Hasbro pretty good here. And that pretty much kind of fills up, I think, our entire update on the latest and greatest that's coming up from the big name toy companies right now. So that, that's kind of where we are with, with Hasbro and, and that kind of area. Yeah, I think, you know, you have Mattel and we know that the Masters of the Universe line is coming into Walmart in the fall. So I think we're going to hear a little bit more about that with San Diego Comic-Con. Mattel's yeah, I think been a we'll, little we'll, bit quiet. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we'll hear from them, I agree, in July and August. I think you'll you'll hear us kind of cover a little bit more of Mattel because right now all we've really heard out of Mattel is is the one exclusive release for Jurassic Park slash Jurassic World line with Nedry and the two different releases of Nedry, the the basic version of Nedry and a exclusive version of Nedry that's SDCC and shared with entertainment earth of him packaged in a Barbasol can with a Barbasol can. It's a Barbasol can inception. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's an enjoyable uh, Newman, you know, it'll be an enjoyable moment for, for folks who are of that line. Obviously the face sculpts are pretty terrible on those figures Though I will say I bought the Ian Malcolm, but I got it from GameStop for $2.97. Nice. <laughs> Just so I could sit there and say, okay, I own one of these Amber Collection figures. I'm going to dig into this, take a look at it. I'm not going to spend $30 price point on a figure that doesn't have the level of detail that all the other $30 price point figures are coming out of Hasbro, McFarlane, and other lines. You know, it just doesn't make sense to me that I would pay a, pay a price point with not the same quality. Yeah, I saw an Ian Malcolm figure at my local GameStop too, and I was tempted, but I don't really collect Jurassic Park, so I I left it there. But I'll tell you what, though, the, the Nedry with the Barbasol can, like you almost got me, Mattel. You almost got <laughs> me with the packaging. Like that's that's what sells that figure. That smart. Yeah, it was. It's really well done. I think it's great for if you're a Jurassic Park collector, you got to be getting that. All right. Well, that's our that's our news for the month. Uh, in the sense of all of the the big toy news. Now, I want to talk to you guys about a very exciting moment for me, and it was very nerve wracking, and frustrating, and ultimately satisfying was obtaining the NECA TMNT KC Jones and Raphael two-pack. Chris and I were texting back and forth, preparing for that moment for the online listing that would happen before 1 p.m., so specifically laid out. It's like <laughs> joking for the cable guy. It would happen before 1 p.m., <laughs> whatever that means. And it went up at 10.07 a.m. <laughs> And I was paying attention, refreshing every minute because I'm a crazy person. And I was on Walmart's site and I'm like, it, it says in stock. It says in stock. And I started clicking on everything and then ordering it. And Chris was like, it's not, it's not showing up in my cart. I'm like, I got it. I got it. And we, and we, and we worked through it and I was able to get one. 
and it arrived. I have it physically in my hand. I have some pictures that we're going to post with this podcast next week because we always record things about a week early for the podcast on the 15th of June. And it's going to have some of the pictures of Raph. I did a pose, a very classic pose of of Casey with his cricket bat. And you know, that famous scene where he's like, you got to understand a crumpet to understand cricket, right? When Raph says to him. So I got Raph facing him with his size in his hand and it's still got his fedora on. But that'll be cool to see. Basically, it is such an impressive figure. But I do have some qualms. One thing I'm going to say, Casey Jones does not have a lot of articulation and posability. I was I was very I was a little upset about that because I'm usually really impressed with NECA on that. And I love NECA to death. This is just a constructive criticism here. The ankles and feet on Casey have no give whatsoever. It, it's almost impossible to make him stand on his own. He has to have some type of stand or support. The only way I was able to get him standing, you'll see in the photo, was to angle him at the most precise way to get him to stand, especially if you're trying to put his case on his back, which holds all of his different instruments for destruction. Hey, everybody, I'm back with this month's Displaying Your Collection tip. And this month's tip is that action figure stands are your friend. We all have a couple of action figures in our collections that no matter how you pose them or stand them, they fall over, taking out half of your display. And that's where figure stands are going to come in handy. Now, most figure stands are your traditional type with the peg on them, and you just plug the peg hole foot down on the figure stand, and it holds them in place. You can get into some more complicated ones depending on specific lines. In some cases, even doll stands to hold up heavier action figures like a hot toy. or You could even use maybe a doll stand for a Black Series General Grievous, which does not have a peg hole in the foot. And that way you can put him in a more dynamic pose. Action figure stands come in many different shapes, sizes, and colors. And it really depends on what scale you're looking for as to what's out there. There's plenty of sites that have them. A lot of the collector sites have them. There's some specific collecting supply sites that have them. Action figure stands are a great way to build your dioramas and build your displays and not have to worry about action figures falling over. He has six different hands that he can interchange with to hold different items like a hockey stick versus a bat, you know, that Jose Canseco bat. Who uses a Jose Canseco bat? And you have Raph who has another group of, has six hands interchangeable, has his two sides, has his back, a molded backpack that can be attached or detached, as well as a beautiful cloth trench coat that has individual sewn buttons on it. Gorgeous detail there. And the sculpts are gorgeous. And speaking of the sculpts, Elias Codius, who's the actor who portrays Casey Jones in the original film in 1990, he would not give his likeness. So hence why everyone's like, why is he just got the mask on? Why is there not an interchangeable head? Or why can't you take the mask off? Because someone actually ripped the mask off to see what was underneath. Chris, you'll never guess what the face is underneath. Is it blank? Is there nothing there? No, no, there's a face. It's the crow. Really? Yes. <laughs> I can't make this up. <laughs> it's glued on there, but it, it someone like actually
actually ripped the thing off. Like I'm sure very gingerly got it off there, but it is literally, everybody's like, that is the face of the crow figure from NECA. <laughs> That's too fun. I, I mean, I guess to get the mask to fit correctly. You right. It, it's the only, it makes sense, right? Cause it's a very elongated face. It makes sense to work with that kind of mask on front. Right. It makes sense. Yeah. So, but course, that's a fun fact. <laughs> of course, you know, like it would have been nice if the likeness rights had been issued before this. But <laughs> because now, now, now you're gonna have to buy a second version. But now we might have to buy a second version because on Twitter this week we shared it on our social media. Elias Codius has approved his likeness. He said at first he felt weird about his face being on an action figure, but now he's okay with it. I think because he's seen the outcry of the fan community. And I think Hogue really had an impression on this as well. Hogue was the is the actress that portrayed April O'Neil in the original 1990 film, and sadly, just the original film. They replaced her in the second film. That's still a hurtful, a hurtful thing for for Turtles fans of the original films. But she did an amazing job of putting together an anniversary get together on Zoom of all the different actual actors who were in the suits during the film, as well as the gentleman who portrayed Shredder. And he was also, uh, and she was also able to get Brian Henson who basically co-directed the film, to be honest, and worked with getting together all the puppeteering and animatronics that were done to make the film successful. And also the original puppeteer for uh, Splinter as well. And Kevin Clash. And it was such a great show and reunion. And at the very end, it was a big surprise. Elias showed up at the very end. And I think that was the first step of him starting to kind of engage with the fan community. And I think that's what eventually led to this week uh, of NECA finally making it happen. And I got to give NECA some props. The fact that they got Elias to do this is phenomenal because he is not someone that is very much into the fan side of things. He just sees it as it was a job, right? He was an actor. He was doing his thing. And I totally get that. Harrison Ford is the same way for the most part. And I think only in their later years when they realized the impact they had that, hey, you know, it's okay. It's okay to, to, to dabble in the fandom a little bit. It's okay to, to see that appreciation. And I, for one, am very thankful and hopeful and yes, I will shell out the money for another option so I can have an Elias Codius head on my Casey Jones figure, even though I wish it had an ankle rocker on the damn thing. <laughs> I think if I'm not mistaken, too, didn't the actress, I, I, I know you just said her name, but I'm drawing a blank on her. Didn't she do like a video on Facebook where she had some of these figures and she, yes, she did them for NICA? Yeah. 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 And, and she kind of, and I think she was instrumental on in making that relationship happen because people were messaging her and saying, Hey, you've got to get Elias to do this. And I think she followed through the latest thing on the turtle community right now. And I, and I want to plug this right now is we are trying to get Kevin Eastman involved in the making of the new CG film that just got announced. They're rebooting Turtles, and Kevin Eastman has not been asked to be involved in it yet. There's a huge outcry of the fan community. We've created a, a huge group on Facebook. We started a petition. We've already got, I think, we started this yesterday evening, and we're already close to 500 to 1,000 people. We're getting there. You know, We're trying to get Nickelodeon to realize, as well as Seth Rogen's production company, 
uh, Point Grey, I believe, studios to get him involved in this. So I, I do want to put a plug in for that. Make sure you guys head on to ipetitions.com and go there. And, and if you're a Turtles fan and you want to see the creator involved in the creation of a new rendition of Turtles for the for the the big screen, go in there and make sure you sign up for that and push it. Go to iPetitions and look up getting Kevin Eastman involved with Turtles, with the reboot. That sounds pretty cool. I just, you know, to take it back to you and Walmart getting this figure, <laughs> uh, real briefly, I'm going to give my side. So as Brian said, we're texting, and, and I'm not on there to get one for me. I'm on there so we can make sure that we get one for Brian because he has talked about this figure two-pack for probably <laughs> since they announced it. Like, this has been – one of his top wants. So we're both on there and we're refreshing. Like, and mind you, like we have regular jobs. We yes. don't, this isn't <laughs> what we do for a living. We have regular jobs to pay for our toy habit. So we're refreshing while working. You know, I have it on my other screen on the side there and I'm working and refreshing, working and refreshing. And it was like, it came up and I had it in my cart and then it was gone. And I was like, Oh no. And Brian's like, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> and to hear you say you got it, I was just like, it was, it was, it was like a oh, moment, you know. So I was really happy to see that you got it, and I think I, I saw it go up one more time, but I know that NECA like acknowledged that that didn't go as smoothly as they wanted it to, and I know there was a large outcry from the fan community. Oh yeah, and I don't follow the turtles community the way. Oh you my do, gosh, but it's I could like, see it on there's Twitter. So many was, memes and everything right now. Yeah, I, I saw it on Twitter because we follow, you know, we follow NECA on our Facebook and our Twitter page. But I saw it and the people respond. People were not happy. I mean, it was up and gone in no time. So the fact that you got one, I was really happy for you. And then you had it like three days later. I was like, whoa, that was quick. I, it came straight from California. That's awesome. crazy. Yeah, yeah. It came straight from California. I could tell it was repacked. I could tell it was repacked by Walmart because the side of the box was sliced, but I didn't care. I'm I'm an opener anyway, so, but, <laughs> but that's pretty par for the course if you're ordering from Walmart as a collector. I mean, you just accept it at this point. If you're getting it uh, through the mail, you know it's going to be tampered with, destroyed in some way. <laughs> yeah, when coming from Walmart, you're lucky to just get it, right? <laughs> yeah, you better be an opener because if you're a collector, you should only be going to Entertainment Earth or Big Bad Toy Store because they're the only ones who are going to take the effort into packaging it. Yeah, even Amazon, you're rolling the dice. Like, yeah, yeah, you're rolling the dice in, with the big ones in padded envelopes. <laughs> it's you true. Know, luckily, you know we're predominantly openers, and we're going to do a show in the future talking about packaging and opening yes. versus keeping, uh, you know, in package. Because I want to put this out there: there's no wrong or right way to collect. Like it's your collectible, right? You do Absolutely. with it as you will. The only I have a couple rules of my own, but I feel very strongly that it's your toy. You do with it as you please. What makes you happy? Now, my caveat's going to be: don't sell reproduction weapons as authentic if you know their repro, right? <laughs> and right. the second thing's going to be like, I don't advocate you ripping vintage figures off the card. Like <laughs> oh, that I, don't just, ad, I don't advocate that, but at the same time, it's your toy. You do with it as you will. We'll have a show on that because it's an interesting dichotomy with collecting. But Brian and I both have pieces in our collections that are unopened too. So Oh yeah, we, it's a mix. We have, yep, we're talking about... And I don't consider NECA so much a third party because they're, 
they do a lot and they're pretty big, but we have yeah. some maybe a little bit smaller. So, and I just got these today, you know, and I didn't mention in my, what have I got lately, but there, I'm starting to look into these third party companies and I got from the Samurai series from articulated icons, which okay. is basically the line that the Foosh, if you're familiar with them, they're another toy channel that does toy reviews and does toy news, but they did their own figure line and they did ninjas and samurais. And I got a couple of those today. I haven't had a chance to crack them open and see, but I love samurai figures and they come with a ton of accessories. And here's the really cool part, right? They had limited stock because they were doing a half off sale. So these are $50 figures that I got for $20. Nice. And if you bought $100 worth of stuff, you got free shipping. Now I didn't buy $100 worth of stuff, but the pricing was like really good. So I got a couple of those and I'm going to try and do a figure review and put it up on YouTube here. We'll see because we're recording this. We're coming up on the fourth holiday. And then of course we'll have to edit the show and get it out for the 15th. So, but I'm going to try and get those up. But the other one I want to talk about is, and this is a rabbit hole I went down, was that (laughs) you might've heard that Sergeant Slaughter is going to be released as a figure, not with GI Joe, but with Action Force. What? Action Force, yeah. So Action Force is being done by a company called Valiverse. And what it is, is it's a gentleman who used to work for Hasbro. I think he worked with the Marvel Legends. And so he wanted to start his own toy company. He got laid off from Hasbro, as, as they've done from time to time, as they've reduced their staff. And he wanted to do his own toy company. So he was looking for a license to do. And he came across the fact that Hasbro used to own Action Force. It was a line in the UK. And if you want to learn more about it, you can go to Toy Galaxy. And Toy Galaxy is great for giving you the history of. And they give the history of Action Force. You know, I could give you a rundown here. But Dan over at Toy Galaxy is going to do a much better job. They Hasbro let that name slide from owning it. So he picked it up. And he's doing... Action Force. He's recreating it. So he's come up with a whole new story, new characters, and there's this whole premise around it. You can go to Valiverse's website and see. But I wanted the Sergeant Slaughter to go with my G.I. Joe, right? I'm like, I gotta have Sergeant Slaughter. He's a Joe. <laughs> like, he's a Joe. Over in the UK, the original release of him, they couldn't call him Sergeant Slaughter. I forget what they call him over there, but I had to have Sergeant Slaughter. And he fits in. The scale's perfect to go with your G.I. Joe. So I'm like, I gotta have him. Well, I went down the rabbit hole and they have other figures there. So I guess they did a Kickstarter and I'm not sure how this escaped my view, but they did the Kickstarter like <laughs> late last year. So the Kickstarter has been over and done with, but you can still go to their webpage and buy some of these figures. They're a little bit more than what you would have paid through the Kickstarter, but they're not that much more. They're like maybe two bucks more a figure. So they've got a whole, there's some generic figures, like three or four generic figures. And then there's some like, figures with names and have backstories and stuff. Cool. And so I, I ended up getting like three of those <laughs> <laughs> and then they have, yeah. And then they have weapons packs. So there's two different weapons packs that you can buy. And I found a gun that I'm going to use to replace roadblocks. Sci-fi there you go. <laughs> when I get these, but these aren't due to hit to like early 2021. So I pre-ordered some of those and I pre-ordered my Sergeant slaughter. So I'll have them and these will go perfect because action force towards the later end of the line in the UK was just basically GI Joes with different names. And I think eventually towards the end of the line, they're just GI Joes with the same names. These guys are going to fit in, you know, perfectly with your GI Joe. So I'm like, it's just going to be one big squad. Like you'll have GI Joe teaming up with action force to take on Cobra and the swarm, 
You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm excited about those, but this show has kind of opened my eyes to some of these third party companies that I know we've talked about a little bit. I consider super seven kind of like a third party company boss fight studios, which did a, they've done a huge line of fantasy figures. Yes. Yes. You've, you've got another couple lines that have done some video game figures and stuff, but it's, it's really cool to see what these third party companies are coming. Like wicked with. toys. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of stuff coming out and, and they're a little bit more expensive because I mean, they don't have the production numbers that oh, a Hasbro or a Mattel or even a McFarlane are going to be able to do, mm-hmm. but it's, I mean, think about it. That's how McFarlane started, right? They were a third party toy company. Oh yeah. Tiny. They were tiny. They started getting into more. They started to, these guys could, could eventually become bigger players, but they're also filling a, a role that the, the bigger companies I don't think can fulfill. So when you're making a figure for a large scale audience like a Hasbro or Mattel, there are certain things you're just not going to be able to do and certain things you're going to have to cut out. You've got to hit a certain price point. You've got to kind of hit a mass, compass a large audience. Whereas some of these smaller companies, you can kind of detail a little bit. You're going to pay a little bit more, but they can tailor it and give you that little bit something that a, maybe a bigger company can't. So I think there's a space for both of them, obviously. And I'm finding it exciting to kind of get into those. And Brian, kind of to trail off from there, I'll let you kind of start with this is we're both kind of getting into custom figure accessories and sculpts now. Yeah, yeah. We're definitely getting into that stuff. And and one thing that I actually did get in the mail today was a better scaled helmet because one of the biggest gripes with the SH Figure Arts Mandalorian figure that's come out has been the helmet's too small for the figure and everybody's worried about that. And I will suggest to you, if you want a replacement that is the right scale for SH figure arts, there is actually a customizer in the States that has come up with the perfect option. It's John Walker customs. And I'm really impressed with his work. He's done a couple of other things too. He's done a dark saber that you can get as well. And the price points are really, really good. And he ships out pretty quickly. He's centered out of South Carolina. But very cool dude. Very, very responsive on Instagram as well if you're messaging him. But he has a website as well. It's a very easy process where you get a PayPal, pay through PayPal, but through his site. So it is a legitimate, easy to use. I can vouch for it. I've gotten stuff from him. Others have as well. He has credibility within the collecting community. But his stuff is really good. He does mostly Star Wars stuff, I will say. And I have the SH Figure Arts helmet got in today. Gorgeous paint application on it. And it fits and looks so much better than the original helmet did. And I'm really impressed with it. Another individual that I want to make sure I mention is Manipal. Manipal is an individual that does sculpting for mostly Marvel. And I bought a Tom Holland, Peter Parker, damaged face from the end of Endgame from him that I'm very happy to hopefully get in the mail soon. It's coming from overseas, so we'll see when that gets here. But I'm excited for that one as well. Just amazing work. A lot of different sculpts of different characters from different points in the films, which really help for when you don't have those kinds of options to go with your display. It gives you that option to do that. And it helps out a local artist. And at the same time, it helps to diversify your displaying options. Yeah, those are really cool. I know we've talked about Jedi robes and doing some stuff like that. And I still need to kind of look at some of that. But alternate heads sometimes are good ideas if you can't get the, the head you, you want. Or let's say it just comes with the helmeted head and you want the face 
good show. Oh boy, CTTS did. You speak about that. He did the Tamura Morrison-based head for the clones. And it looks fantastic. It sold out very quickly, though. (laughs) Nice, yeah. I mean, those are the kinds of things that we're kind of starting to get into. And you kind of look at, okay, how can I make this figure even better than it already is? And for me, I want to give a shout out to Starlight Studios and to MMPR Toys, who turned me on to Starlight Studios. What it is, is I have the Shogun Megazord, which I picked up from a local store here. Shout out to Davies Toys. I picked it up locally here for a fair price. And the stickers, you know, it transforms, everything's there. It has the pieces for each individual Zord, which is really hard to find. And it has the original Zord, which is this really pathetic, flimsy piece (laughs) of plastic. Now, mind you, this is a toy from probably the mid-90s, you know. Right. This is in good condition, but I'm like, I want it to be show accurate. And they do a sword, which is all metal. And it's just like... Nice. Yeah. I, I have pictures. I think I put pictures up on the Facebook page. Yeah, you they did. Also, they look pretty awesome. They do the chest plate, which is the correct. And, and the funny thing is in the show, they never had that the lightning bolt or that S, whatever it is on the toy. They never had that in the show. They show the Japanese version. And on the shoulders, he's got like the fish and the Japanese kanji on that chest piece. So they sell the chest piece and the sword and they're not cheap but mind you these are all metal right and they're that sword has a lot of heft to it it's so hefty that i'm gonna have to see about tightening the arms a little bit because (laughs) the the arm kind of wants to fall down with the sword so you have to either put it like up a little bit or all the way down but it looks so nice and then i'm gonna get some reproduction stickers that are the japanese version and and re-sticker it and go from there but these are the kind of things that we're you know we're starting to kind of find and get into and just kind of takes your collectible to the next level getting into those custom things so it's nice and as we kind of come across those and we deal with with different individuals and get those in we will promote those individuals and give them a shout out here on the show so you guys can go there and look at these things and see them and and also you know kind of give them business because they're doing some amazing things they're filling a niche that's there Absolutely. Want. They're helping us to take our collections and our displays to the next level. On this month in Toys and Collectibles History, we head to the space race of the 1960s. At this point, the Apollo missions have been leading up to the ultimate goal, to put Americans on the moon. In fact, it was July 20th, 1969, that the most famous astronaut took his trip to the moon and said those unforgettable words to a worldwide audience. One small step for man, one giant leap for dog kind. (laughs) Of course, we're not talking to Neil Armstrong here. We are here to remember Charles Schultz, great cartoon, the Peanuts' very own beagle, known to all as Snoopy. In order to promote the launch and get Americans excited about our mission to the moon, NASA chose to create merchandise surrounding Astronaut Snoopy, a cartoon series would tell the tale of Snoopy training to become an astronaut and eventually, successfully, be the first dog to land on the moon. Small figures were made of Astronaut Snoopy, and now, 50 years later, Snoopy is helping NASA get to Mars. And would you know it, you can buy a new toy to celebrate it. Thanks, Funko. Yeah, so as we're kind of winding down the show here, I think that you know maybe the last thing to talk about before we kind of talk about what we're looking forward to coming, which maybe even plays into that, is 
like we talked about all show, San Diego Comic-Con announcements are coming. Yeah, yeah. And I think that is definitely what we're looking forward to next month is going to really be predicated by what is announced with the various retailers and distributors and creators of items for SDCC that would have been in, in person and shared, but now it's being entirely released online and at establishments that are open and accessible for purchases. And one item that I am pretty excited about, which is probably not as big as all the lines have been talking about, is Back to the Future celebrating its 35th anniversary. And there are a lot of various items that are coming out. Obviously, we've talked about the NECA line of six-inch figures, as well as a lot of Funko items. I know Chris was excited to talk about the big list of items that were announced today, right? I don't know if excitement's the right word. I didn't see anything <laughs> in there. Like, honestly grabbed me like I gotta have. I was disappointed to see... this. all three. The Masters of the Universe are exclusive, are, are shared exclusives with Toy, to- Toy Tokyo, which is never a fun experience. But they're not Masters of the Universe characters that I'm like, oh, I gotta have them. But yeah, I mean, we have seen what's coming for Funko for San Diego. Like, I believe that the Nedry figure we referenced earlier is a San Diego Comic-Con. There's been some other things. There's like a Tron, I think, from Diamond Tron Select Tron in a VHS Toys. tape, yeah, from Diamond Select. There is a Muppets Diamond Select box that's been selling out like crazy everywhere. And there's only three, there's 3,000 each of these items that were done through Diamonds and Preview. And for those who don't know what Preview is, Preview is the magazine that comes out each month for comic book shops to be able to pre-order items that you want that come out usually a couple months later. And the previews-based items that are tied to the San Diego Comic-Con releases are the ones that we were just referencing specifically. Yeah, I think with Hasbro, I think a lot of those exclusives have been, other channels have been found. So I think, I really kind of believe that that Destro with the funky colors. I think that that would have been a San Diego Comic Con. It just it screams like perfect for San Diego. I think the like I said earlier, the Green Psycho Ranger was a San Diego Comic Con exclusive. I think the Four Lom and Zuckus two pack, yeah, the 40th anniversary cards. I think that they were. Now again, we don't know this because Hasbro hasn't. Said you this. never that know. Slotted, but just looking at at some of these exclusives exclusives that are out there, you can kind of say, well that kind of is ripe for San Diego. I don't know about Transformers and other stuff because usually there's a Transformers exclusive as well. But Usually a also- Turtles NECA item, and that is forthcoming. They've yep. told us that when it's getting released and where it's getting released, but they haven't told us what it is. So it's coming out at Target in July. I believe it's either July 23rd based on the schedule that NECA released yesterday or today my days are fused together in this COVID-19 quarantine and (laughs) (laughs) the 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 rumor and I wouldn't say rumor but the speculation and knowing Randy Falk who is basically the face of the company to the public and the fan base for NECA and one of the creative minds there what we're thinking based on his interest and based on how he keeps teasing us is we're thinking it may be based off of the coming out of your shells. <laughs> and if you don't know what that is, 
there was a really interesting year-long tour that the Turtles did in costume, full-on rubbery costumes, playing instruments in a rock band, coming out of your Shells tour. And basically they went around the U.S. doing shows, and yes, it was awesome. But it's really weird and eclectic, and I I wouldn't put it past NECA to do something like that. (laughs) But that sounds exactly like what a con exclusive should be. It should be something like niche and kind of like, you know, not something everybody's going to go Oh, you mean like a regular edition Qui-Gon Jinn Funko that has never been released any other way, but like only, what, 500 that were released at New York City Comic Con years ago? Exactly. I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter at all about that. Oh, yep. I never get it when you release something that everyone's clamoring for. Like they used to do it with ha- with the with the Star Wars stuff. They've gotten a lot better now where they do two versions. There's like a regular release and right. then the the, the new version the version at San Diego comes with a bunch of accessories, you know, like the Thrawn set from a couple years ago or the I have that. the land speeder. I have the Thrawn set. I love that set so much. I, that's a fun story. I bought it from a guy in a parking lot at a Walgreens. Yeah, it's a really weird story, guys. I'll have to tell you another time. <laughs> I have that set too, and it is a nice set. Like It's one of those sets we talk about in packaging that's still in the packaging. Oh, yeah, most definitely. The packaging is half of the story. It's Absolutely. Just, yeah, it's part of the display. Other than, than kind of what we know is coming for exclusives for San Diego, I think – what I'm looking forward to is hearing what's coming in, in the tail end of the year, maybe early next year. So the news we would get from all the, the companies that like to announce, like Hasbro announced. Where are my PowerPoint their, slides? Yeah, all their properties for Hasbro and Mattel and all these companies that kind of talk about what's coming in the later half of the year and early next year. You know, basically everything that we're going to see before Toy Fair or New York Comic Con. So. Yep. You know, I know we're both looking forward to that. I think other than that, I'm kind of looking forward to, like I mentioned Gundam Universe Wave 3 last time, and we're still waiting for that. That's supposed to be August. But I'm, other and, than that, I'm just waiting for stuff to, to, that's coming in on pre-order. And yeah. speaking of pre-order, <laughs> so I have had to get to the point so I can keep track of my pre-orders. Like mentally, I just would keep track of them, but it's gotten to the point now where I'm dipping across different lines that I had to create a spreadsheet with all of my pre-orders on it, <laughs> including, including the rabbit hole of Japanese releases of SH Figure Arts and Mezco. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Cause, right? Because Brian, we both have three <sighs> versions of The Mandalorian coming. Yes. Well, <laughs> I have every version now. I will have every version. So I can truly do a side-by-side-by-side of every version. So I have original black series six. Uh, I also have the three and three quarter, but of the six inch variety, I have the black series. I have the first SH figure arts. We have the best car armor along with baby Yoda coming. Ah, uh, baby Yoda, the child. We know it's baby Yoda. All right. And, yeah. <laughs> and also I have, as you just mentioned, the Mayfax, which who knows Mayfex gets pushed back. So anyone who knows anything about Metacom and Mayfex figures knows that they never come out the month they're supposed to. They always get pushed back a month, two months, three months, four months. Eh, it's coming, but we'll see. 
Yeah, I think that's interesting. You're going to have all versions. Now, I'm not going to have, like, I don't have the SH figure arts in, in the armor before the best car, but I'm going to have everything in his best car. So I have the Mafex Captain America Endgame on pre-order, and as we've talked about with some of their pre-orders, it's supposed to come early next year, but I'm not anticipating on having it till summer of next year. It probably so. Yeah. Yeah. I have mine pre-ordered as well, but I did cause I was debating back and forth cause Chris and I've been talking about our display for, for Endgame for Marvel, like how we're doing our displays for that and trying to choose which is the best of each character, meaning the best sold model or, or look uh, at the 12th scale. And so far, we both decided, yeah, we're doing Mafex for Captain America Endgame. We made that decision. We got the twirling Molinier. We got to go with that. Then for Spider-Man, I made the decision about two weeks ago to go with the figure arts one because I felt the posability and the fixes they made in this Endgame version from the Final Battle version just blew everything else out the water. And the fact that it comes with a posable nano gauntlet that I can make it look like it's snapping fingers, I was done. I had that in my hand now. I just got it in the mail just a couple days ago. And it is gorgeous figure. And that's the one that I also mentioned earlier that I bought a Tom Holland final battle looking face to switch out with it as well. So I'm pretty excited for that. And finally... It's been shown at Tokyo Toy Show, I believe, last year or earlier this year in February. They're going to be doing a bro Thor, if you will, or a final battle Thor from Endgame for Mafex. And then Mafex is also doing a Mark 85 Iron Man, which is a version of the Iron Man suit from Endgame. Chris and I, I think, are both waiting on those two. Yeah, I'm trying to, we've talked about, but I'll share with the listeners here. I'm trying to put together like a definitive cap thor and iron man i might put a spider-man in there it's not essential for for me yeah i'm the big spidey person i like spidey too i really but i I, for me i'm like i just i don't know i like those big three but i'm trying to find the definitive version and then i can kind of on the display surround it with you know marvel legends or maybe some sh figure to to kind of for the other characters but really for those big three it's like what is the definitive version and i wasn't real happy with the SH Figure Arts Endgame Thor. I thought it was a little plain. I didn't the think it Mafex came with... The Infinity War Thor, though, is gorgeous. I yes. will say. I don't own it, but it is gorgeous looking. And it's still pretty available and for a really good price. If you're wanting to get a version of that Thor, I would highly, highly suggest taking a look at the Metacom Mafex Infinity War Thor. I've been tempted on that. A fellow to- toy reviewer... <laughs> reviewed that robo over at the Foosh and he oh yeah it. i robo, was like yeah. yeah i was like oh my gosh that figure is gorgeous and i haven't done it yet but i've been tempted i'm waiting to see if they put out a version of endgame because i'd rather have like the end they are version they are it's in prototype phase but yeah. they are it's just a matter of time so i'll probably play the long game and hope that that version is the is is the ultimate version for my shelf agreed Well, Brian, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Come back next month to hear us talk toys and collectibles on Thrill of the Hunt, a collector's podcast. Until next time, we wish you good luck on your toy hunt.
Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this show, we would love a five-star review on iTunes. You can find Thrill of the Hunt, a collector's podcast on Facebook at Thrill of the Hunt Collector Podcast. There you can interact with us and find links to our other social media channels. The thoughts, views, and opinions expressed in this show are those of the hosts and belong solely to them. This podcast is not affiliated with any of the toy companies or licenses mentioned in the show. This show may not be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without express written consent from the hosts.